Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Today's sermon text is from Mark 12, 38 through 44. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to Mark in your Bible. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Thank you, Sam. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Well, we've been, we're actually coming towards the end of our time in the Gospel of Mark. We'll have uh, next week, and then we're going to jump into something else. Uh, But this whole time, Mark and his disciples have been journeying towards Jerusalem. Uh, And they've been on this kind of road of discovery. We've said over and again that that the road for Mark is not just a physical journey, but that it is a, uh, it's kind of a metaphor for us and our discipleship, for us becoming more and more like Jesus following Jesus more closely. Well, they've made it to their final destination. Uh, They've made it to the city of Jerusalem, and uh, we skipped over this passage, but they had the the triumphal entry into the city where we celebrate that on Palm Sunday, right? Uh, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. And, uh, And even though he gets this really, really warm welcome as he makes it into Jerusalem, uh, it's not all uh, peaches uh, and peaches. Yeah, peaches and cream, is that it? Yeah, okay. Uh, it's not all good. It's not all good. And, and there are some religious leaders who are, well, they are suspicious. They've been suspicious of him this entire time. And so a lot of them come up and ask these questions that are intent on trapping him into saying something that is, uh, that is heretical. Uh, but last week we looked at a, a scribe, one of the Jewish religious leaders, who's concerned with the, the temple and sacrifices and issues of of those kinds of things, worship. And he asked Jesus what the greatest commandment is. And, and Jesus says, well, uh, it's to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and his t- intentions were really, really good. And he said, yes, yes, that's true, that's true. He's like, this is much more important than all of the, all of the sacrifices and, and burnt offerings. Uh, which is a pretty remarkable thing for a scribe to say because, well, that was his job. He was, he was concerned with that. He'd given his life to that. And we said last week that, that Jesus is, is helping us to understand what is truly important here. It's not necessarily all the, the religious-y things um, that we might think are important. We had a kind of a good discussion about that this morning, right? Uh, but, but that it is that the essentials are that we love God with who we are. And we love our neighbor in the same way that we love ourselves. Well, this week, um, 
we, we go a little bit. The, the flow of Mark's gospel wants us to see that this passage here today, the next this two little sections that we're going to look at, uh, that they belong together and they kind of go with the regular flow of chapter 12. And so uh, they're in the temple area as they have been and they're, they're, they're people watching. Um, it's like Jesus and, and the disciples have gone to the mall and they have sat down and they are observing all of the uh, interesting people that go by. Anybody like to people watch? I think I said th- this week to Lori, we were, we were out to, we, Thursday's my day off and we, we were hung out and did some shopping, and uh, we were in a, a store to return some stuff, and I saw all of these people, and we walked out, I was like, I'm just fascinated, like, to watch people. All of these people were the same, like, in this store. It, it was, I don't know, they all had the same vibe. It was a clothing store, so I guess that makes sense. But anyway, people watching is fun, and I think Jesus is doing that, and, and uh, he's watching, and, and what he's seeing are scribes, so guys that are just like the guy we met last week. And he sets about to warn his disciples to not imitate their behavior. Um, As he taught them, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in log robes and uh, and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. Uh, That's not the whole whole part of that, but he's going to say like three specific things, maybe four, um, that are part of this passage. One, he's, he's going to uh, challenge them to beware of the scribes who walk around with, with long robes. Uh, I think we could translate this into saying, uh, beware, don't become like the scribes who are really caught up with their own importance. Uh, so the long robes that Jesus is talking about isn't just like the normal scribal attire. This is, this is the stuff they would have worn on special occasions, special religious occasions. And it was not at all like the ordinary, um, the ordinary things that the people around them would have been wearing. And so it would have been very clear to everybody around them that, that these men were important. Well, probably because lots of other people were dressed pretty plainly. Because, yeah, that's kind of how it is. And, and uh, throw on top of that this whole religious dimension. And so he's like, hey... Friends, uh, you're good religious folks. You're followers of me. You're, you're, you're good Jewish people. Don't make it a thing. Like, don't make a big deal about it because, well, I don't know. We're going to compress that with the, the widow in just a minute. Uh, but it's like, it's like everything else, right? Um, people who have gained power and prestige and positions of authority generally like to receive the benefits of having those positions, right? So um, uh, if they occupy a place of, of, of uh, respect, they like, they like that. They like the respect that they get for being super, super Jews, super Christian. Not, not super Christians, but super religious. Uh, and so Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, don't, don't be like that. The second thing he says is, they like to walk around in the marketplace and uh, expect that other people and be greeted with this kind of respect, uh, to be greeted with respect in the marketplace. Now, a couple of things are important here. One, in the day, culturally, so you've got like, you know, stratified culture with people who are on the bottom and they don't mean anything and, you know, all the way up. And, and a lot of societies like the, the one in Jesus' day, like the religious folks are on the top, Right? 
Uh, and it was the custom of the day that if you came into contact with someone who, uh, you know, throughout the day, maybe you're going to buy something, and you were in a position of greater social status, uh, that it was expected that the person of lower social status would be the one to offer the first greeting. So I, I imagine, I'm trying to think how this would look like as the scribes are walking around in their fancy clothing uh, in the middle of the marketplace. By the way, I think it's kind of odd that you would want to wear your very, very nicest place to uh, things to a place like a market. Uh, I imagine it's kind of, there, there are vegetables and things for sale. I imagine there are like animal carcasses or things and the streets weren't all that clean anyway because, you know, sewers hadn't been invented and all that kind of stuff. So it seems odd to me that they would be wearing all this stuff. Maybe sewers had been invented, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I, I'm trying to imagine this situation uh, that maybe the scribe puts himself in a position where he's going to interact with somebody, but then he just stands there and waits. Yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> awkward. Uh, awkward, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that, that was intense. That was intense. Uh, I, so being a youth pastor for a long time, like I am, I am so comfortable with awkward silences. Uh, and being an awkward person, I'm, well, anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, so you get, 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 the, get the picture, though, that, that this, the scribe, uh, I, and I don't know if this is, if people would have just automatically done that, and, and who knows, I don't I jest a little bit, but uh, they would have wanted other people to greet them because when they were greeted, it was, it was a sign and a, a, a sign that they were the ones who were respected. And so Jesus says, yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't walk around in your stuff that, that shows people that you are in a position of authority, specifically religious authority. Well, he goes, he goes on and um, he ends up saying, uh, ends up saying then, the last thing he says, and it's not on, it's on, not on the scribe. He says, they go around and they devour widows' houses. Uh, don't be like that. Don't devour widows' houses. Now, obviously, we're not taking that literally. And I don't know exactly what this meant. Uh, but Jesus has a, has a pretty clear picture here that they have used their position of authority and respect to take people who were already vulnerable the, and on the bottom of the social ladder and made them even more vulnerable. I, I don't know exactly what happens. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, but somehow these scribes have worked it out that they are able to take the property of somebody else and use it for their own their own gain. I'm not really sure, though. I'm not sure that it matters how exactly they did that. Because at the end of the day, throughout the whole Old Testament, God constantly tells his people that they are to take care of the widow and the orphan and the poor in the stranger, in their midst. And you would think that the scribes of all people would know and understand what they should be doing. Jesus says, don't, don't, be, don't be like them. Uh, that's bad enough. It's, it's bad enough defrauding people who are vulnerable because widows were kind of on the bottom, right? It's bad enough doing that, but doing that in the name of religion, <laughs> in the name of God, I think is, 
particularly troublesome. Here's, here's what it says, actually. They devour widows' houses for the sake of appearance, and they say long prayers. That's the other thing. Uh, I don't think that's as big of a thing for us. I don't know any of you who pray, pray really, really, really long. Um, I do some people that their prayers could go on for like what seemed like days. <laughs> one, one, uh, one pastor that I worked with. Uh, but they will receive the greater condemnation. That's, that's kind of that's that's heavy, right? Uh, that these folks, by doing these things, by using their, their power and their authority and their respect uh, to hurt other people for their own advantage, that they're, they're going to uh, receive the greater condemnation. James, we, uh, we looked at it a couple weeks ago. He says this, and he echoes Jesus here. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now, uh, I say that to myself as well, as a good reminder. Uh, but I think this doesn't have to mean just those who are in any kind of leadership within the church, right? This whole thing that Jesus is warning them about doesn't just have to be about uh, people who are leaders and teachers in the church. I think Jesus is pointing out a way of living in the world that is contrary to the kingdom of God. That uh, he's pointing out that, that well, you don't need to be braggy about how awesome you are. Uh, or, or how much people respect you. Uh, we may not go around dressed in our very best to tell people who we are, but we might do that on Facebook or, or Instagram. Uh, maybe not with our clothes. Maybe we even do that with our Christianity. I don't know. I, I think Jesus would say to us, uh, beware of the oversharers on Facebook. I don't know. Uh, I think there's, there's uh, I think we're all teachers in, in a little bit here, right? Uh, we, we all have a, a place of, of teaching and leading in some regard, whether that be in your own family even. I think Jesus is, is saying this, this thing that's wrapped up with yourself that is not humble, and that's not generous. This is not who you are to be. Uh, this might be okay in, in society in general. Uh, like, the, like the athlete in high school who wears all his athletic stuff to make sure everybody knows he's on the football team, right? Uh, that's, that's annoying, right? But it's not sin, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but I think when we do it as Christians, I think there's, I think there's something different there. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. I think Jesus is making a statement about what's acceptable for the kingdom of God and being arrogant and needing approval from folks and taking advantage of others are things that are not part of the kingdom of God. Uh, passage goes on. He says, he sat down opposite of the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many people, uh, many rich people put in large sums. So again, uh, there's a sense of movement maybe within the text that, that maybe they've moved from where they were to go over to this other part of the temple. And uh, the, the commentaries I read that there would have been like 13 trumpet-like things that were uh, 
ancient offering plates, if you will, except not plates. Um, and you would go and you would take your, your, your offering and you would put it in one of those kind of trumpet things and I imagine it would go down to somewhere where it was a little bit more secure. And so they, they take up residence uh, across from this place where they offer uh, they offer their offerings, and they're watching. And Jesus is seeing all these rich folks come up and put in large chunks of money. Now, giving large chunks of money is not bad. Okay? Right, Jesse? <laughs> Jesse's our treasurer. Uh, and, 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 and Jesus isn't making a comment about wealth. This is not about wealth at all. Uh, this, is, this is the spirit in which things are done. Uh, I think, I think, well, I know. I think the way you do something is just as important as why you do something. And, and since we're talking about the scribes, I can imagine these, uh, these scribes who want to be seen as important and great, that they've walked up to the, the thing and, and maybe, maybe they're flush with cash because they've ripped off a widow. I don't know. And, and now they're going to give that uh, offering back to God. And, and maybe instead of just kind of like, you know, walking by and, and putting it in, maybe they make a big show about giving their gift. I don't know. I don't know. In my mind, uh, I, I hope you could engage your, your imagination when we read these things. You kind of imagine what it looks like and feels like and maybe even smells like. Uh, then he called his disciples and said to them, truly I tell you, okay, okay, I jumped ahead. Sorry, I missed something. Uh, we'll go back to there. A widow comes by then. In the midst of all of that, a widow comes by and puts in two little copper coins. Two little copper coins. Uh, now the word that Mark uses um, lets us know that these are the, the smallest unit of money. We'll call them pennies. Uh, in circulation in the day. And uh, they were worth one one-hundredth of a denarius. So denarius was the standard day's wage. Uh, so put together, this woman had offered up as offering two one-hundredths of what a day laborer would have made in a day, which wasn't a whole lot by, uh, by standards. And so Jesus says, hey, look at her. She has, she has put in. She's not very much. This is inconsequential. Who, have you ever thrown pennies away? Ah, yeah, guilty. I'm sure there's a law against that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but that's, I mean, like that's, this, these are things that are inconsequential that, that maybe if you dropped it on the floor, you wouldn't pick it up again. But the, here this woman, in, we don't know why, we can't get into her mind, but, but maybe in a fit of generosity, a fit of thankfulness for the God that had created her and that, that she serves. Uh, and maybe, I think Micah's question was spot on, like, why would, why would she do that? Maybe she was so familiar with what it was like to be vulnerable and poor, and maybe she had just gotten a little bit extra. I, I forgot to mention, right, these, these monies would have, part of them would have gone towards uh, the most vulnerable in the community at the time. Maybe she had just such a, a fit of thankfulness for the things that she had, or maybe she got just a little bit extra that she thought, "I have received so much. I am going to, I'm to, going to give, in thankfulness." 
Jesus called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasurer, the treasury. That's a, a remarkable thing to say. These two little copper coins that are worth one one-hundredth of a day wage, and Jesus says, in her humbleness and in her generosity, she has contributed more than money bags over there. I think, I think what Jesus is doing with this, with, well, what Mark is doing with this episode that happens in the life of Jesus is that he's contrasting. He's contrasting the, the scribes and maybe the, the religious leaders in their arrogance and their self-importance and maybe even in their, in their unthankfulness for the things that God has given them. He's saying these are, not, these are not how the kingdom of God is going to operate, but it's going to operate on thankfulness, on humbleness, on generosity. Uh, this old woman would have been lost completely to, I'm, I'm assuming she's old, would have been lost completely to history had Jesus not witnessed her act of faithfulness. The kingdom of God, what God is hoping that the world will be, what Jesus comes to bring to, to, to turn things upside down, to, to undo all the brokenness and the, the, the wrong and the hurt and the pain that's in our world, he's going to replace it with what is good and right true Uh, kingdom of God is God's salvation God's hope for the world that he created and continues to love so it's not going to be this way it's not going to be a people who who want to be important or to seek important things or respect those who take advantage it's going to be while the kingdom of God belongs to those who are humble and generous, who do what they do out of gratefulness and thanksgiving, and who do it quietly. I think, um, I think this passage asks us like, who we're going to be. It's fairly simple, I think. Uh, are we going to be and I think when I say we uh, as, as individuals, as families, I think even as a church, right? Are we going to be like the scribe? Or are we going to be like the widow? I, I have a couple questions that I think um, maybe that, that will help us think about what it might mean for us today to be the scribe. Uh, are we too often like the scribes? Do we overly value what others think about us? Uh, maybe that's a little bit more of a personal question. Are, are we concerned with, with what people think? Are we always striving to do, well, to be more important for people to recognize us? Are we constantly looking, uh, yeah, are we constantly looking for people to recognize our importance? Do we take advantage of others to gain an advantage or to pad our wallet? Are we, instead of loving others as ourselves, do we see others as opportunities to better our position 
in whatever way. This one I think is the most important. Do we practice our faith in ways that are intended to gain attention to ourselves instead of God? I, I think, I think this is one that the church has struggled with. Maybe not ours necessarily. The church in America anyway. Uh, that in our quest to be successful perhaps, to have a, a, a large church that everybody will see, oh, look how great they are. That the things that we have done, maybe the sermons that we have preached, the acts of service and kindness that we have done, haven't necessarily been motivated by the goodness and generosity of our heart, but by, by the desire that people might look at our church and say, oh, they're doing good. I want to be like that pastor because he's got it. He knows how to do it. This is a temptation for pastors, by the way. It's huge. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that I would rather, I would rather have people know about Heartland Church because the people who attend this place, they have encountered as people who are humble and generous, who are kind and loving, who do the things that they do for people without ever telling anybody that they've done them. And we have some people who do that really, really well. I think our church will be what God is calling it to be when we are, well, when we're Jesus in our community. Are we going to be like the scribes? Are we going to be like the widow? Or are we humble and generous? Do we live resting in God's provision for us? Saying we don't need to strive for importance or popularity or success, that we rest in things that God has given to us and we allow God to guide us and direct us towards the way that he would want us to go. Do we seek not to make ourselves known or even our church, but to make Christ known? Are we looking out for the needs of the vulnerable? Are we generous with the gifts that God has given to us. You all, I, I know to be very generous. I, I've, not, I've not come up upon a more generous church in, in a lot of places that I've been. So good job with that. But I think it's important that we keep that, wow, that we embody the kingdom of God in that particular way. I hope that you and I as individuals, as parents, as husbands and wives, can be humble and generous, that we might truly love God with all of our hearts and love our neighbor as ourselves in a humble and gentle kind of way. Uh, We're going to have a little guided time of reflection, and then... uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll receive the Lord's Supper and you'll come down the center like normal and we'll have two and you can go back to your seat that way. But let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. Uh, we thank you for your, your goodness and your gifts to us. Uh, that even though sometimes it may not seem like we have a whole lot, that you are richly blessing us. Help us to rest in that. 
Thank you for giving us uh, your son for the salvation and the good news that you have given to us that we now take out into our world. Or when we, when we go out and live in uh, where we are, uh, we ask that you would help us to be like the, like the widow, humble and generous. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.